0: Hey, it's Rochelle and Carter, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, a very special series this week all mm-hmm. about Easter. And
1: because we are limited to weekdays, we're going to kind of combine a couple of days into one.
0: Just to kind of mesh them, kind of like you go to the Golden Corral, Yeah. you get your mashed potatoes, you get your corn, That's right. you mesh them all together, and then also what I do, I just get go you to know, that chocolate fountain. I pour it all oh, on there, nice. have it all at once. That's. I, I miss so it. I miss the I really the thought Quran. what you were
1: going to do is suggest what everybody has always suggested. Like uh-huh. when you go to a buffet a little bit later yeah. in the day, then it's like, oh, if I just stick around for another hour so, I can have dinner. If you, I mean, You're honestly. You're going to mesh
0: meals. It's all you can eat. You just camp out at the GC. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we are going to combine Saturday and Sunday events for this particular episode.
1: Yes. The Saturday before Passion Week is what is generally referred to the week uh, before Jesus dies on the cross and is risen from the dead on Sunday.
0: I know when I um, kind of entered into this uh, podcasting relationship with you, uh, when we just started doing stuff together, you know, you you were familiar with Passion Week and we'll get to Monday, Thursday a little bit later. And some of this I wasn't as familiar with some of the terms. Why do they call it Passion Week?
1: Honestly, it ultimately comes down to the ultimate passion. Okay. Did I just say ultimately twice? (laughs) Ultimately,
0: it comes down to the ultimate.
1: (laughs) We know about love because he first loved us. And so you think about passion, and maybe you're thinking about the best romantic movie ever. That movie, I still believe, from Jeremy Camp is pretty amazing. Uh, But, you know, we know anything about love because of what Jesus did for us. And it was this week of devotion to the will of the father and putting God's will first, you know. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later on when he's having the conversation with the Lord in the garden of Gethsemane. But um I it's it refers to what Jesus did, did for us. So it is a passion thing that took him to the cross. It's because God loved us so much he gave his only son. John 3:16 says. So
0: That's a good answer. I think it's just uh especially with something like this Uh, If you're just entering this podcast, we we highly promote that we're not the experts and we ask some of the obvious questions in case you felt behind at church before. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. there
1: it is. So do You want want to talk about Saturday? Let's talk about Saturday. So the Saturday before
0: this is the Saturday. So he would have died on on the cross on that on that good Friday. So this is all the way six days before. Mm -hmm. What is he doing?
1: He is in a city uh, called Bethany. And these are this is kind of a neat thing to think about. These are very small villages, very small knit together communities. It almost feels okay. So we live uh, in in Houston, Texas, specifically Carter and I do. And even though it's a very large place, it feels like a smaller knit community. Uh, If you've lived in a smaller knit community, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, But that's that's he would come and visit and people the word would spread around quickly because everybody knew everybody. And then he had this following, which was pretty remarkable if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody would follow after somebody that it, they didn't find credible. Why? Well, that's Joseph's kid. Mm-hmm. He's the carpenter. They would have known who this kid was. And if he wasn't doing the things that the disciples ultimately wrote about in the Gospels, people would they would have probably have given him— Two thoughts. Yeah.
0: We heard a a guy on that Godspeed video earlier this year that we've talked about where there was a man, the video is just a long story. I won't get into that. But there was a guy that that did not believe the message of Jesus because he thought Jesus was going into these big cities and being one person and then going back to a small town and being somebody else. And as soon as he realized, because he lives in a small village in Scotland, this guy that didn't believe in Jesus, and as soon as he just saw a map. Of the types of places that Jesus was and where he was preaching, what he was doing, he realized, "Oh no, he's God." Wait, yeah. wh- why do you believe that fast? Because if you're in a small town and people know you, I know about small knit communities. Uh, you you are who you are. People will know. Yeah. So the fact that you have you represent yourself and people can back that up, mm-hmm. um, he's God, and he just yeah. believed that th- yeah. just that instantly.
1: Because they would have seen through a farce. Exactly. Um, yeah, there were other people at the—there were other people, many people before Jesus and many that came after Jesus that claimed to be more than they were. Mm. And in fact, it was interesting uh, in the book of Acts, when a lot of these events are brought before the council of the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, one of the elders said, "Guys." why don't we give this whole following of Jesus thing a break in terms of like the persecution you want to go for against these Christian followers. Let's give it a break because if it's false, it'll fizzle out. Mm. Just like, and then he pointed to a couple of cases where you remember that guy that fizzled out. You remember that, that fizzled out. So uh, Jesus's following did not fizzle out. Now it didn't mean that when he went to his own hometown that he was welcomed. Because they knew him from the get-go, and Jesus even references that a prophet in his own hometown is never really received in the way other people will receive you. But these other small, small-knit communities, they would have followed him, they would have seen, they would have been able to verify, no, that's real. That blind guy, I saw him every single day. He was blind. And then Jesus came along and healed him. It wasn't like... Is that like David you know,
0: Blaine came to town right. and did this magic and they're like, we've never seen that guy before. right? right. It, it wasn't was fake he blind? news. Yeah, it wasn't fake news. That's right. Yeah.
1: So Saturday he's in Bethany and he's visiting some old friends, some good friends. And in the account that uh, we're going to share from, it, rec- it, it recalls Mary. Um, Because the reason why I specifically say that is that when you read the story about the woman who anoints Jesus' feet, there are other counts which don't necessarily speak the name. Mm. But in this particular one, Mary, who is also sister to a lady named Martha… Uh, and they have a brother named Lazarus. You may recall all of those names. We're not talking Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're not even talking Mary Magdalene, the one one who would follow Jesus. This is a different Mary's popular name. And this was uh, Mary and Martha. Mary always got the rap of sitting by Jesus' feet, and mm. Martha was always a busy one. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you've ever been compared to being a Martha, you need to just sit down, stop working so hard.
0: <laughs> you know, I've heard multiple sermons on this and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's good to have qualities of of either or or really both, uh, because it's you know it's nice to serve others and and do the work that Martha was doing. She was cooking the meal, mm-hmm. but then to come in and I don't know, maybe a little bit lecture Jesus. You know what she says to Jesus about her sister who's sitting there at the feet of of Jesus. She goes, yeah. "Tell her to get up and help me." And Jesus is like, hey, I'm not going to rob her of this. She right. is, and I can't remember the exact wording, but she is doing the right thing of I'm only here temporarily. And so it's a good call for those of us that are uh, task oriented, uh, like I can be certainly to sit down and realize what's yeah. most important. And and maybe during this time in our lives, it's um, not worrying about working from home as much, but I get time with my family. This, yeah. this is not forever.
1: Right take a beat.
0: Yeah.
1: Um do I trust in the Lord in the midst of all of this, right? Mm. Um Lazarus was the guy who died. Everybody everybody knows that story even yeah. if you've never gone to a Sunday school. You you know about the guy who was raised from the dead probably. That was his name Lazarus. Uh and it it's an interesting story. You're we're referencing Mary and Martha. That happened earlier than the the Saturday before Jesus's death when Martha got upset. Uh, and then Lazarus, of course, being raised from the dead, that happened earlier as well. Uh, Jesus is summoned. Please come. Lazarus is sick. You need to come over here. And he waits. He doesn't go right away. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Well, why? Why didn't you come?" And even Martha, "Where were you? Well, Lord, why? Why weren't you here?" And Jesus knew his reasons. He had his reasons so that God would be glorified, so that more people would see the evidence in this small town community they would see for themselves they knew that lazarus had been dead for four days and jesus comes and it didn't mean that he wasn't without grieving though he was human jesus came as a human being it was god but god in flesh and so when mary who was the more probably um sensitive of the two i Mm. mean martha was stern and she was a doer and Mary just felt everything, very intensely, very passionate, driven person. Mary was very upset. So when she heard that Jesus was there, she didn't even want to come see him right away. And then when she got there, she's just, why? Why didn't you come? And this is the scripture passage that shares Jesus weeps. And I think she probably was stopped right in her tracks, like in the midst of her own tears. She stops. I don't know if you've had that, that encounter with a person in your life that you never pictured crying. But you were just like, you're in the midst of your emotional rant and all of a sudden you stop dead in your tracks because that person that you never envisioned crying is crying. Yeah, And that's what happened. Jesus is weeping.
0: I remember that my dad, I had never seen my dad cry. And Mm -hmm. and it was, uh, and I think this was past my grandfather's funeral, actually. Um, and so he, I didn't see him cry there. Now, I I think he did. I've seen him get teary eyed, especially in recent years. So I think he did, but he was just being strong for the family. He's the, he was the only son. He has three sisters and then, you know, then the grandkids and stuff. And he actually, I saw him cry at a, um, a friend's funeral, a guy that was in our school system. He was a principal and a coach and just this great guy for Christ, um, Joe Matlock. And he had passed away. And I saw my dad cry at his funeral and I, I kind of realized, well, yeah, it was that moment you're talking that was about shocking. and to know that it's OK to cry. And and I I I want to play this now, Rochelle, because you may have had another point about crying, I but I don't want to get past it. No. Um, OK, this is a clip of Judas Smith. He's an incredible pastor. And let's I, hopefully there's not a bunch of n- sound effects around it. We'll see what I think this is just a okay. clip of him okay. about this particular topic.
1: And on the fourth day comes and he heals Lazarus. And when he gets there, he cries. God, you know Lazarus is going to be healed.
0: Who is this God who knows he's going to save Lazarus? But before he does,
1: has such extraordinary empathy and love for the pain of humanity that he takes time to cry. That's God. He'll weep with you now because his love
0: is present and his love is now and his love is here.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love just stopping and taking that moment. I mean, it's kind of joked about, and we've even mentioned this, I think, in prior podcasts, that if you had to memorize a scripture verse for church, you know, that was a homework <laughs> assignment or something, pick yeah. the one Jesus wept. Boom, because done! Two words, it's it! The You're hardest good. part is
0: the reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where was that again? <laughs> but those are such, I mean, it's such an impactful thought And it wasn't just a thought, it happened. He cried and it must have jolted Mary to see someone with authority, the authority of Jesus Christ, this man that she knew to be the Messiah, crying. And so then I think in that moment, she must have stepped back and thought, something's about to happen here. And he raises her brother who'd been dead for four days from the dead. So it's this family that he comes and visits and he considers them... Very good friends. It, it, that's, again, it kind of ties into the fact that he wept. Lazarus was his buddy. Mm. And uh, they're at their house. Ma- the disciples and Jesus are at Mary and Martha and Lazarus's house. And there's this incredible moment where Jesus has this woman named Mary bowing at his feet. The same woman who Martha had been frustrated <laughs> I don't know how much earlier. Maybe it had only been a few months. Maybe it had been years, but she'd been frustrated. Why is she always sitting at your feet? She's oh, no. always there.
0: That had been years because the, when you have a different personality type like that, I mean, I don't have a fa- proof to back that up, but when you have a personality type like that, that had to drive her nuts. <laughs> and, and so to have that moment where Jesus, I he didn't really lecture Martha, it seemed like, but to try to lovingly go, no, this This is what's important. I mean, that's what I think, Rochelle. I think it was honestly years of that type of relationship.
1: So Mary is at Jesus's feet once again, but this time she has in her hands, and you have to think about, especially right now, when people are obviously concerned about the economy. We're in the midst of a pandemic. If you're listening to this, you know, years down the road. In the
0: future. This
1: is April of 2020. And we are isolated right now in our homes and, mm-hmm. and quarantine many of us. And so people are losing jobs. People are concerned about their next paycheck. Uh, this was a very poor town. This was a very poor time to be a Jewish person. Uh, anybody who might have come into money, it was more than likely maybe they were a tax collector. They had fallen in with Rome somehow and oh, all help. As long as you make sure that I've got food on my table, I can help and you know, would rob some of the people in order to get more money for themselves. It was, it was a very poor time. So this woman took a year's worth of wages. You can imagine that. And she, she had this very expensive perfume. It was called nard. She had this expensive stuff. And she starts anointing the feet of Jesus with it. And she uses her hair and her tears to wash his feet.
0: I did not realize that was a year's worth of wages.
1: It was a lot. Oh it was my a gosh. Lot of, yeah. of money. And they, they liken it to that, the scholars. Wow. So so it, it's amazing to think about, first of all, that the glory of a woman is her hair. Scriptures talk about her hair is, you know, that's a big deal. And you're wiping his feet. And you think about your own feet, they may look kind of rough. Nothing like Jesus's feet, trust me. These guys walking around... In sandals, you've seen the Jesus sandals mm-hmm. that they try to emulate. They're walking from town to town. It is dusty. It is dirty. There are horse droppings. They're they're calloused. They've been walking in fields. Maybe some of them have burrs in their sandals. I mean, it's just, They're not pretty feet. And she is wiping lovingly his feet. And it's in that moment where Judas steps in and says something that he believes has merit. What in the world are you doing? allowing this woman to use this on your feet and i don't know what caused him to say it maybe it's because his feet were nasty and you could have used this for something else and he used the excuse of we could have sold this and given the money to the poor yeah and some uh like even the scriptures talk about that judas was the guy who was in charge of money for the group and it was suggested that he had pocketed some of that for himself, so maybe there were not the best of intentions there. But even if you were looking at it from a the stance of, well, that kind of makes some sense. Couldn't oh, we sure. use this to sell and, and give to the poor? Yeah. But Jesus could see, as he always does, even in our own lives, he saw to the heart of the person that was talking and the, par- the heart of the person that was doing the act of anointing his feet. And he knew that Mary was in a place of, this is a holy thing she's doing for me her heart is right right now. And Judas's heart was not in the right place. And he was dismissed in that moment. He's like, nope, leave her alone. She's doing something holy right now. And the scriptures in the book of Luke talk about how it was that moment that Satan injected his his bitterness, his vileness, his, his evil into the heart of Judas. It was in that moment where Judas was offended to the point of starting to go, huh, okay. You know, we we talked about this a little bit, uh, Carter, you and I, in terms of um, the bait of Satan. There's a book out there called The Bait of Satan and Its Offense. And if you get offended, you know, you may be in the midst of an arguing type of situation right now maybe with your spouse maybe in the midst of being quarantined you're arguing with your children you're arguing with your boss you're whatever the enemy loves it when we get offended and it's it's um it's like a chink in the armor he'll find any way to get through that armor that God promises us in the book of Ephesians we have the armor of God but if if we have a little loose peace right here because we chose to let ourselves be offended by something. Oh, mm-hmm. he'll sneak in, he'll inject our hearts with that poison. That's exactly what happened in that moment.
0: It's obvious that anything can do it because if if you're in if you have a wrong heart and the words of Jesus, who you claim is the son of God and are following for yeah. 3 years offended you. Yeah. I know I'm no better when a a coworker or my wife or a a random person on Twitter says Mm. something to me to to let that sink in. And Mm. and because some sometimes people might offend us and they're they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. But it doesn't mean that we couldn't let it get to us and make us bitter and make us do something even worse than they did. Mm. It's powerful. It's and it's a scary power of letting yeah. offense sink in like that.
1: That you that it can happen that quickly. Yeah. You let your defense down just for a moment because you're entertaining the thought of or you're entertaining the offense.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it
1: happens all the time. I'm certainly guilty of it. And I I was ta- talking to my son about this the other day. I said, "Honey, what would have happened if Judas had gone and communicated with Jesus after that? What if he had come to him and said, "Can, can we just talk, mm-hmm. Jesus?" Can we talk about what happened back there? But that didn't happen. He put up the wall. Have you ever put up the wall? Oh yeah. Ah. Well, I'm just going to let this fester. Yep. And we've talked about forgiveness in and of itself. It's not that Judas necessarily quote needed to forgive Jesus like he had been wronged in some way, but he did need to issue grace for that moment. It's like, wait, I need to have the grace for this moment and 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 just extend this grace to Jesus and then and give him the opportunity. Hey, would you please explain what what did I yeah. do? And then be able to let that guard down enough for Jesus to say, "Well, I'll be happy to explain and then if you'll let me, let me show you what's going on in your heart." Exactly. But there was never a conversation that happened and obviously we know that later that that plays a vital part in the story of Passion Week and what Jesus would ultimately do for us. So um that that was the Saturday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Before
1: um, Palm Sunday and then, of course, Palm Sunday.
0: Yeah, Palm Sunday, I remember um, this is where Jesus enters triumphantly into Jerusalem. And I remember being a part of the Easter pageants.
1: Were with, you in the Easter pageant? Oh,
0: many times. So I played. They made
1: you the donkey.
0: Um, <laughs> That's a good burn. That's a good burn. Um, they, Don't be offended. I'm they, sorry. They untied me oh. um, because I was a cult. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a donkey. No, so I played a couple of parts. I played. Uh, kid number two with Simon, who carried the cross of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, my future boss actually uh, played uh, Doyle. He played um, the part of Simon every year. And he uh, carried that cross, and he sang. Was it the Ray Bolt song? Yes, Daddy,
1: Daddy, watch the lamb. What have we seen here? You don't have to sing it. No, it's that
0: right. was so. That was kid number one that sang it. Obviously, I was just kid number two stumbling around there, and then I also was one of the angels that came out of the tomb before Jesus came out of the tomb at the end. Spoiler alert.
1: Spoiler alert. I know, right?
0: Um, and so, but this is, I remember this, the point of me bringing this up, I remember this vividly of it was uh, all the the youth group, they got to play these parts because they were like, you know, young and limber and ready to run, where they were running in and had how those palm branches and they were waving them down as they, I can't remember if we had a live animal or not, but uh, as Jesus rode in. And uh, this is just such a an interesting part of the story. And I think it's, it's so, they're so motivated because they think, he's the savior in terms of overthrowing the romans yeah they think he's going to bring this earthly kingdom and they're so pumped up and such a temporary you know until they realize it's such a bandwagon moment yeah that <laughs> that they think that he's going to go in there and and kick some behind and then as soon as he's in chains and arrested and got the crown of thorns, then Aaron. they're like, oh, yeah, we should crucify him.
1: Run for the hills.
0: Right. And so and not that, again, it's so easy to compare ourselves to them and say we would have done it better. But um, oh. but it, it is a bandwagon moment of yeah. this is such a a a the most positive thing that's going to happen this week. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think you're the, the bandwagon moment is what we have to fight against. Yeah the temporary thing that we even find ourselves in right now with quarantine this is temporary Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. it
1: will lift more than likely if not in this lifetime then we find ourselves in the arms of jesus and freedom there right so it, it but we have to look at the eternal part of salvation and recognize that that is that was the ultimate and we couldn't see past the end of our noses. Apparently, at that point, mm. like like you said, there were he's going to overthrow the empire. We're going to be at peace again. Well, no, he he overthrew an empire. That's for sure. The dark side.
0: Yeah. yeah, he
1: overthrew that. the The chains of sin and death. Those were what he overthrew, so that we could know what true life is. And we're just getting started in this life. It's just the prelude to what really is going to unfold in eternity. Well, and,
0: okay. And go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, and, and we haven't even started. You're already got him. You already got him to the Calvary. Carter. I know. We to backtrack a little bit. But
0: I do want to say this now that we're here. This is what, especially we're recording this. Like we said in, in 2020, it happened four years ago. Happened four years before that happened four years before that. And four years before that, that we, what these people are doing with Jesus, that we do every four years with a human being that we think this is the person that's going to save us and this president of the United States that I'm promoting. And yeah, who, I mean, voting is important. And yeah, we certainly need a good leader and, and values and all that's important, absolutely. But to fully invest in our faith in that person and think that a certain human being is going to make everything better once again, we're lying to ourselves every four years. I mean, it's they caution. they did yeah. this with the true king of the world and it was still different than they thought. And mm-hmm. so to mm-hmm. to do this completely without Jesus and with another person um, is just a good lesson. a reminder every four years for all of us. I honestly. like
1: that uh, I like that it starts the story of Palm Sunday starts with almost like a little bit of a trek back to the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. that it started um, with barn animals. <laughs> You know?
0: Yeah. He was
1: surrounded in the nativity by those barn animals. There's such a humble beginning there. And there was, it was very, uh, very much a symbolic thing when the king would come into a city or somebody super important, the crowd would come and meet him and they would do exactly what happened when Jesus came in on that donkey that day. They would wave palm branches. They, you know, they would just pull them off the trees or they would take their coats off and they would lay them before the horses of these important people that would come into the town. But he starts out in the city of Bethphage and he tells a couple of his disciples, all right, I want you to go in and you're going to find this couple of different accounts. There's one gospel that tells us there were, there was a mother in a colt. And then another one that just says, you know, there's the donkey. You'll find the donkey. Either way, they find these donkeys, and it was foretold in the book of Zechariah. The prophet Zechariah said, "He, your king will come in riding on this donkey." Donkeys are not like the ones that if you go to a horse race, you're gonna be like, "Oh, I want to root for the donkey." There is no donkey in a horse race. You don't no. get the donkey on the track because it's not. It's stubborn.
0: Now you get you be one that stallion. You mean one that Clydesdale? Yeah. You want something powerful and majestic.
1: That's what you think of when you think of something amazing. Uh, Our children, Frozen 2, that water horse that Elsa's on. That's cool. (laughs) But a little donkey, a little burro? That's exactly what he wrote. And I, I do love, like at Easter time, you see all of these different things that pop up on social media. They show you the cross on the donkey's back. They have their own little cross on their back. Have you seen that? I
0: haven't no, I haven't seen it. So, so right about,
1: across their shoulders and and down the there's a stripe down their oh, back. Oh,
0: physically. I think you meant there somebody took a picture with a donkey and said a wooden cross on no. it. No. Okay. Okay. I see what you <laughs> mean. No,
1: I think Pete'd be all over that. Yeah, I don't think they would like it. Probably true. But yeah, in their little fur, there's a cross. It's so they're so precious. But anyway, Jesus said, go and get that donkey. If anybody stops you, because they asked, I was like, what if somebody says something? Tell him the master has need of it. And so they go, they find the donkey exactly where it's supposed to be. Never been ridden before. And then they put their coats over the donkey, bring it to Jesus. Jesus gets on and then it goes into the city of Jerusalem. And
0: and I want to say just the only thing I had to say about that part is when they went, he said, if anybody asks, you know, just tell him the master needs it. And somebody did ask. Yeah. And then, and then it just really doesn't clarify. It just says, you know, then they took it. So, You just wonder, there's a whole story there. Is
1: there a Jedi mind trick
0: there? So maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just a Jedi mind trick. (laughs) But I I think there's a story, there's many left out stories of, uh, Mm -hmm. clearly they had a dream or a vision of, I just, what is that person's story? That's like a whole, like, speaking of Star Wars, that's like a whole Mandalorian, like, you don't know the backstory of yeah. that person that that maybe one day we'll get to know of, what did God tell them? Who was that person that owned the donkey? Oh, it's yeah. just it's just fascinating.
1: It's going to be cool the day that we are in heaven and we're strolling by people's homes, and oh, that's, uh, you know, the guy who got his ear cut off? You're the guy! In the You're
0: the guy! Let me go talk to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's his house over there, Yeah. you know, and it's, he, oh, I gotta go talk to him, and we'll have eternity to do that.
0: Yeah. Tell me what happened. You could sneak up on him he won't hear you coming no i'm just that's a terrible joke <laughs> wait, so wait he got wrong. the ear back it doesn't even work he got the he, ear back jesus but. healed his exactly ear. exactly absolutely
1: yeah. so they they go into jerusalem and there's this incredible celebration as he comes in and of course they're raising these palm branches and they're waving them hosanna hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord and these things were foretold and the pharisees and the sadducees of course they're the the naysayers mm-hmm. They're the ones who are just, not all of them were, you know, scowling, because there were a few that wanted to discover more. You can read about Nicodemus in the book of John chapter 3. We know that Joseph of Arimathea was higher in, in the law and in council, And these, these men saw that Jesus, there was something special about him. But then there were the naysayers, and they're like, tell your disciples, tell the, t- have your disciples tell these people to stop. And that's the famous line where Jesus says, if they stop shouting, then these rocks are going to do it for them. Mm. Just like the rocks laying off the side of the street. And that must, you know, the things that the disciples picked up on that Jesus said and chose those to be the lines that were remembered in scripture, the Holy Spirit would remind them, this is what Jesus said. You remember that? I think it's kind of cool that those were the, that's just a strong drop the microphone kind of line. Yeah, yeah. If I make him stop, then you know what? Rocks are gonna sing. So,
0: I kind of <laughs> wish we would have seen it. Honestly, um, I, <laughs> this would have been fascinating. Plus, that is where the term rock music comes yeah, from.
1: That's where it
0: came. No, from. I made that up.
1: So there you go. There's a Saturday and a Sunday for you, and then there's a whole week. What that week? What I mean, because he knew what was coming. He knew that he would lay down his life. Yeah. So did he live in fear? Did he live in anxiety? We're going to be talking about, through these podcasts, all of the different ways where Jesus chose to step up and step into his incredible character of just love and grace and patience and all of these things. So that uh, whenever I'm struggling, I can look back even specifically at this one week and say, if Jesus knew what was coming at the end of it, Mm. and yet was still able to, to tap into the spirit of who he was and who his father is. I can do that, too, through his grace. I can do that, too.
0: That's really good. Hey, we're not saying that that uh, we have all the answers or that no. this is the best podcast ever or anything well, no, like I'm that. saying
1: it could potentially. <laughs>
0: okay, well, Rochelle is saying it, I'm not. Speaking
1: I, of humility and getting on a donkey. That's exactly right, yeah.
0: No, we're just, uh, when we say, would you leave a five-star review and a nice comment, I think especially something like this week where there's going to be four more of these, and not only could you do that and other, you know, the more, views and and comments and ratings, the more popular it gets and more people see. And I think especially, I'm serious about it this week, where there's four more left and people can follow along and maybe hear the gospel clearly. Hopefully, we say that in, in humbly, uh, for the first time mm. because we, we're going to try to say it in a way where you haven't heard it before. It's um, all about
1: God, you know? That's, yeah. It's about the glorifying of God. That's the true desire here. So
0: so spread, you know, give the rating. Um, also, uh, feel free to reach out to us and then also tell a friend too. Uh, it's going to be um, a, a, a good week. Some days are going to be heavier than others, but we know that it's going to be a great ending.
1: Yeah.